Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Welcome back to the podcast. Saul Marquez here. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Joe Eberwine. He's the co-founder and chief revenue officer at CoreStrata, a telehealth company that's reimagining the way the wound care is delivered to the 7 million people in the U.S. suffering from chronic wounds. After working at PwC early in his career, Joe moved into a corporate healthcare area and spent 30 years in various leadership roles in the post-acute industry, working in innovative home-based care models such as skilled home health, hospice, and private home care. Joe was fortunate to work with a team that successfully integrated telehealth and remote patient monitoring into home health when remote patient monitoring first emerged in the early 2000s. Joe has published and presented nationally on topics specific to telehealth and wound care, chronic care, cost management strategies, and transformation of care delivery models from volume to value. So it's uh, going to be a very interesting conversation around this topic, and I'm, I'm excited to, to have Joe, who spent so much time, speak to us about it. So Joe, thanks so much for being with us today. It's great to be with you, Saul. I really am a big fan of your podcast, and so it's an honor to be with you today. Uh, thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. What would you say inspires your work in healthcare? So really, I draw on a number of amazing inspirations, but one that I thought of that your healthcare audience might find it interesting is that although my undergraduate degree is in accounting, I almost minored in cultural anthropology hmm. because of one That's particular awesome professor that I had at Notre Dame. Little did I know that while I was studying anthropology with him, Erwin Press was working on a model of validated patient satisfaction data collection with a fellow professor and colleague, Rod Ganey, which would become Press Ganey. When I was first starting Corstrata, I had the pleasure of reconnecting with Dr. Erwin Press for lunch in Chicago, and he shared the nitty-gritty details of launching Press Ganey from his kitchen table. Wow. So that was inspiring, to say the least. You know, I'm also inspired by fellow entrepreneurs who are passionate about developing new models of care to really improve healthcare for people that don't have access to optimal care. And I've had the privilege of, of since forming CoreStrata, of meeting these other startup founders who are so passionate about improving care and lowering the cost to the system. And then I'm constantly inspired by our wound and ostomy certified nurses on CoreStrata's team who really do put the patient at the center of everything we do and remind us constantly that it's all about improving quality of life for our patients. Love it. What a great story, Joe, and that you were you were, you went to school with the Prescani folks. And it really kind of the one thing that I always think about is that that quote that you're the average of your five closest peers. Right. And yes. when you uh, you know when when these folks are your are your peers, you're like, all right, you know what? I guess I got to build something too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love yeah. it. Yeah. It was an amazing experience and the early days of press gaining and actually being able to study about medical anthropology from Erwin Press. It's really, it was a life changer for me. I love anthropology. It was actually one of my favorite. I took two classes in college as well and it's so interesting. It really is. It really is. So mm -hmm. explains why you're an interesting guy. So how are you and, and your business adding value to the healthcare ecosystem, Joe? 
Yeah, well, you know, I'll reiterate, I work with a great team at CoreStrata, and my co-founder, Kathy Pate, and I have actually worked together for 15 years now, and I would say we're a bit obsessed with um, creating a better way to deliver care for our customers, but it's really our clinical team of board-certified wound and ostomy nurses who are doing the real work mm-hmm. of improving outcomes uh, for our customers and the patients that they serve with chronic wounds and ostomies. And you know, Saul, wound care is really a bit off the radar in many ways because wounds are often secondary to other major chronic diseases that we hear so much about. But 30% of all post-acute patients have a wound, whether it's a pressure ulcer, a diabetic foot ulcer, a lower extremity vascular wounds. And there really are real deserts of care because only 10% of all board-certified wound nurses, which is not a a huge number to begin with, work in post-acute while the other 90% work in hospitals and outpatient wound care centers. So Corstrata is really solving this problem by using technology to create access to these wound care experts and access to evidence-based care to improve clinical outcomes, but at a lower cost. Well, it's interesting, right? And and you and I had a chance to connect before our chat here, and you really kind of uh, gave me the the basics of the problem, but I never realized that it was such a problem, that so much of the care that was needed is happening outside of the hospital when the majority of the caregivers are in the hospital. And a lot of it has to do with with reimbursement, right, Joe? Yeah, it does. And, you know, reimbursement is changing in in the post-acute space as we see kind of a shift from uh, volume to value. Home health was really one of the first models of care that moved from a per visit to an episodic uh, payment model back in 2000. And so it's been interesting to see how technology has evolved within that model of care. And there's still a lot of room for opportunities within that space. But yes, it is definitely shifting. And, and CMS has got a real focus on telehealth and remote patient monitoring now, which did not exist before. Let's zoom into this a little bit more and tell us what Corstrata does different and better than what's available today. Yeah, I think the best way to answer that is to give you an example of how we changed the course of care for one of our nursing home customers' patients. We started working with a SNF who was caring for a patient who had a leg ulcer for 18 months and maybe even longer. And really, this was a five-star facility that was doing the best they knew to do to care for this gentleman, but it included painful uh, daily dressing changes that were really not healing the wound. Our Corstrata nurse reviewed the case, implemented an evidence-based care plan that included the proper use of compression therapy, which had not been used before. Also introduced some advanced dressings that required changing only twice a week. And we got that wound closed in 11 weeks. So you can see the return on investment is pretty clear, you know, related to the cost of care and the labor component. But even more important is really the dramatic improvement in the quality of life for this gentleman who was a deacon in his church and was able to return to church after two years of really being very isolated. So that's one example that we're really proud of. And there's so many stories like that, you know, I mean, it's so many people are living in pain and outside, almost ostracized right. because of these wounds. And it just doesn't make sense for that. Just for the money that we pay for healthcare in this country, we need more. And I'm glad that you and your team, Joe, are, are stepping up to the plate to tackle this, this issue. 
Well, thank you. We're we are dedicated and committed to it. So thank you. So yeah, no, for sure. And and so that's an extraordinary example of improving outcomes, improving business models. Any other examples that maybe you want to share around um, outcomes improvement? Yeah, you know, one thing that I hear over and over as a theme to your podcast obviously relates to outcomes. So in addition to some of these patient success stories, at Corstrata, we've been able to collect real objective data on wound healing. We partner with some mobile wound imaging technology solutions. We've got customers in multiple provider segments now, home health hospice, uh, skilled nursing, rehab hospitals. And we're really proud that most recently we have partnered with a Medicare Advantage payvider that needs additional support around wound care patients. So we're producing a measurable ROI for our customers uh, by reducing the labor and dressing cost components, but also we're really improving quality metrics, such as reduced provider-acquired wounds, a big CMS uh, metric, reduced wound and ostomy hospital readmissions, and reduce wound-related litigation. And you see that if you turn on a TV, you're going to see about a a loved one with a bed sore. So one extremely rewarding outcome of our work is that our customer staff, the the hands-on clinicians who are not usually certified in wound care, feel much more empowered to care for wound patients and really see the results of the collaboration with Corstrata in healing their patients' chronic wounds. So photographs tell a great story of healing. That's for sure. That's for sure. And tell me about the name. I was just thinking, yeah. what does Corstrata mean? Or where yeah, that? so we initially came up with Telewound Solutions, and our uh, trademark attorney said, uh, good luck with that. You're never going to get that. So uh, oh. basically told us to go create a word. So we took two Latin words, core for heart, oh. and strata for either the epidermis, of the skin, which we're working to heal, or the stratosphere because we're cloud-based. So love we, it. Put, <laughs> we put those two <laughs> together it. and it's worked cool. well for us. Yeah, I love it. Core strata. There you have it, folks. Core strata. Well, super interesting, Joe, the work that you guys are doing, the impact. I'm sure, you know, we've talked. I mean, you guys are working with many health systems now and partners on this topic with bringing on new business and uh, the revenue going up and the numbers going up, what would you say is one of the biggest setbacks you've experienced and what was the key learning? Well, I think for us, every setback is a real opportunity for course correction, uh, being Mm -hmm. an early stage company. So, but you know, one theme that I've seen throughout my career in healthcare is really problems related to misaligned incentives. And that's something I've heard over and over again from your podcast sponsors. <laughs> so, you know, really as we shift from fee for service to value-based models of care, there are a lot of new technologies and innovations that can improve clinical and financial outcomes, but really only if clinicians on the front line see a real value in adopting and engaging with these new technologies. And I'll give you an example of a misaligned incentive that really resulted in low engagement with our solution. Uh, we onboarded a new home health customer. We came up with a great formulary for them. We recommended evidence-based care plans with advanced wound dressings, which would have allowed for longer wear time and therefore fewer nursing visits per week. And you know, our ROI with home health is if we can reduce the number of of nursing visits and still produce clinical outcomes, that goes right to their bottom line. 
but the plan of care would have produced clinical outcomes and lower costs, but we weren't seeing the home visits decreasing in line with our recommendations. And when we dug into the root cause, we found that our customers' nurses were still being paid a per-visit rate, and they were self-scheduling. So they saw our recommendations as reducing their pay, rather than seeing that our recommendations actually produced better healing outcomes and gave them capacity for additional patients, right? Productivity. So we worked with our customer, and we came up with some innovative ways to align the incentives and overcame that hurdle. But misaligned incentives are at the root of a lot of problems in healthcare. Yeah. Wow. That in particular, it's terrible, right? I mean, but you were able to find a way to to make it work. Yes. We were pretty excited by the way we were able to turn it around and really get the buy-in from our customers, clinical staff. And you know, it's really, we hear anecdotally all the time, for the first time, I feel good about caring for my wound patients. And that's that's a very rewarding for our staff. Yeah. I mean, if I may ask, I mean, what was the, how did you do it? Because that's hard. It and is. A lot of, and a lot of people, that's where they stop. And and I don't know, maybe it's your CFO mind <laughs> that, <laughs> that figured out a way, but like, I'm just curious. So. Mm-hmm. Well, so we came up with some metrics that we could implement both around healings metrics, but also we worked with our customers, marketing and sales staff to go out and actively market with their referral sources, Mm. how they were improving wound outcomes with tangible objective data. So Mm. they increased their number of patients served, which then filled in some of the gaps for the clinical staff with new patients. So it didn't affect their pay. Got it. It's pretty cool. That is cool. And also very creative. So I want to give you kudos for finding a way yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's not easy to always find a way. It's difficult. Yeah, especially when the reimbursement is not aligned. So part of what we committed to when we formed Corstrata is that we really were going to focus on, on value. Mm-hmm. And so we are not set up to build CPT codes. We have a nursing model that really, really works with existing providers to produce our ROI. So it is, sometimes we feel like we're on the bleeding edge, (laughs) Um, but it's worth it. It's where things are going. No, that's fantastic. And as you think about the landscape today, what would you say you're most excited about? Gosh, there's so many things. You know, our team has really been heads down since we formed Corsarada, working with early customers to both develop and test our wound care treatment algorithms. And we've had some great successes really in providing value to our customers and caring for these wound care patients. As we continue to collect that wound outcomes data, we see a really great potential in creating predictive analytics and prescriptive protocols for patients who are at highest risk for wound formation. So imagine a home health admits a patient, they've got certain comorbidities, uh, certain risk factors, and we could actually predict the propensity to heal based on on all of these data points. So I'm excited about that, the data that we're going to be able to produce. We've got some pretty aggressive plans in 2020 to scale our operations, increasing our customer base to reach more patients. We're working with some of the most innovative home health agencies in the country to deploy our solution. But we're also working, and this is was an interesting kind of revelation to us, but we're working with wound care manufacturers and distributors also who are looking to add 
outcomes-based solution to their product offerings as they and we all enter into risk-bearing contracts. So that's exciting. And then to begin work with payers on both wound prevention using some pretty amazing technologies as well as wound and ostomy management. So it's really going to be an exciting year for us at Corstrata. That's very exciting. And thinking about that and through it, it's probably a good stage where maybe you want to partner up with some strategic partners. We would love to do that. We've had some great early discussions with some strategic partners that we welcome the opportunity to have those discussions. We're working with some health systems around management of ostomy patients in particular. It's hard to believe that ostomy readmission rates, 30-day readmission rates are upwards of 30%. And that's just kind of ridiculous in this day and age. So we're working with some sophisticated health systems about really reducing that rate and giving better quality of life. Talk about social isolation when you talk about ostomies. It's really a, it's a big problem. So we're working hard to solve that one as well. That's great. Joe, so I'm wondering, you understand this population very well. What percentage of these patients are working and not going to work because of it versus Mm -hmm. they're not working anymore, they're retired? Mm -hmm. What's the percentage there? Yeah. That's a great question. And what's really interesting is we have basically an epidemic of diabetes, 30 million diabetics, 70 million, or some say closer to 80 million pre-diabetics. This is a working a working population problem. Diabetic foot ulcers, about 6% of all persons living with diabetes are at highest risk for development of a diabetic foot ulcer. Sometimes they show up at the ER, they didn't even know that they had it because of severe neuropathy. We've got some amazing technology available now that can predict formation of a diabetic foot ulcer five weeks prior to formation. And that's a game changer because if you can prevent one diabetic foot ulcer, you've saved payers about 44,000 on average. So yeah, these are not just your typical Medicare aged population. These are people who want are in the workforce and want to continue in the workforce and really need assistance with preventing these ulcers. Yeah, you know, and my mind goes to the employers that right. are self-funded and, ins- you know, for their insurance. They, mm-hmm. they they pay for their own insurance. I mean, these dollars are, are leaving the company. I mean, I guess what's the shout out to the employers? Well, given that 50% of employees in the U.S. are covered under a self-funded plan. There needs to be much more focus on this. I mean, we focused a lot on wellness programs, some of which worked, some of which didn't. But there's some amazing, innovative models around managing the health of employer uh, employee populations, uh, direct primary care, a lot of different cool models out there that are really, really getting ahead of some of the chronic diseases. So I would shout out to them to really look for innovative models. And if if their third-party administrators aren't bringing solutions to the table, they need to search <laughs> for the ones who who can. Great call out. What would you say is your favorite book? I have two. So one of them is How Will You Measure Your Life by Clay Christensen, which is obviously poignant given his recent passing, but his work is amazing, The Innovator's Dilemma. Um, I particularly like How Will You Measure Your Life because it's got both business and personal applications. Yeah. But the other one is Being Mortal by Atul Gawande, Mm. who I have amazing respect for. 
I'm very fortunate to be on the board of the Hospice and Palliative Nurses Association, which is an amazing association of 10, over 10,000 hospice and palliative nurses throughout the wow. U.S. who are really changing the way that we approach advanced illness and end of life. And I think being mortal just encapsulates that spirit of there's a better way and these people are doing it. So shout out to HPNA. That's awesome. Now, some great recommendations. Folks, you know where to go. Outcomes Rocket that health. In the search bar, type in Corstrata. Is that one T or two T's, Joe? C-O-R-S-T-R-A-T-A. A-T-A. Okay, got it. Uh Corstrata, type that in and you'll see Joe's interview with all the show notes, the summary and the links to the books that he recommended. Just check that out there. Before we conclude, Joe, uh, I'd love if you could just leave us with the closing thought and then the best place for the listeners to get in touch with you to continue the conversation. Sure. Well, I, I really, you know, I thought about this and I'd like to encourage all other early stage and startup founders who are really passionate about improving healthcare for patients. It's not an easy road, but I believe that the pursuit of some of the most valuable innovation really takes a dogged perseverance and a commitment to doing what you believe will improve care for the patient. So yeah, it's so important to me to encourage other other founders. Stay in the fight. Stay in the fight. <laughs> yeah. And it's easy to get in touch with me either through the Corstrata website or LinkedIn, Twitter, or certainly text me. I, I could give you my mobile number, 912-344-1419. I'd love to speak with anyone who believes that Corstrata solution could provide value to their patients. And we're looking for customers and strategic investment partners to really expand our reach here in the U.S. and globally. So there you have it, folks. Great way to get in touch with Joe. We'll include that number in the show notes or just hit rewind and uh, write it down. But this has just been a fascinating conversation around wound care, ostomy, and improving outcomes there. I mean, 30% readmit is, is, is just not, not acceptable. And Joe, kudos to you and your team for what you're doing to bring that number down and to improve the quality of life. So appreciate you jumping on with us. Thanks all, it was, it was my real privilege and keep up the great work. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.